dudes, Michelangelo here from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original one. Yeah, and you are listening to Candare Podcast. It happens to be a tribute to comics and pop culture like yours truly, Cowabunga! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley, and joining me today are some friends of ours from on the other side of the world and around the same microphone for the first time, which is uh, going to be fun to explore there. Here to talk about their uh, the next installment in their snow universe called Odyssey coming out in October 2019. We welcome back Nick Goode, Harry Hughes, and Luke Barnes. Gentlemen, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah, cheers. Hello. No. We're going to have a good show today in our retro roundtable. By suggestion of, uh, of our guest today, we're going to be talking remakes, whether it be movies, well, I guess movies or TV shows, right, guys? Was that the stipulations? Yeah, maybe yeah. TV yeah. shows, games. Yeah, I think it works. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be fun, especially with Child's Play about to come out, because I'm a huge Child's Play fan, and boy, have I got some opinions. <laughs> <laughs> then in our uh, comic vault, I'm going to be talking about a book I found... It was uh, like in the back issues in the basement of the comic store I typically go to called 27, an image comic from 2010. Really interesting. Kind of talks about, uh, gives a a fictional explanation as to why rock stars die around uh, the age 27. Uh, So something we'll be talking about there. And then we're going to turn our full attention over to Nick, Harry and Luke and talk about Odyssey. But before we do all that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Cand underscore Air. And if you like what we're doing, head over to patreon.com forward slash Pod. For $5 a month, you get access to our whole other show, the Candair Patreon Pod, which uh, has its own archive on there now. So uh, you'd be getting your money's worth, if, even if you just do it for a month. It was, what, 20 episodes? Come on. And also, if you're in the Columbus area and you'd like to come uh, see your guys, we're going to be at the Korg Gaming Convention here uh, on June 1st in Hilliard, Ohio. Uh, if you guys come out uh, to our table, say I'm part of the Candare Nation, we're going to have something special just for you. So again, uh, June 1st, come out and see us. I believe it's from 10 to 4, uh, Classic Gaming Con. It's uh, pretty cool. I've gone the last four years, and uh, this is the first time we're going to have a booth there. So looking forward to that, but I think that about does it. So let's kick it off with this week's Retro Round Table. Do it. Do it. Come on. I'm here. Come on. Do it now. Oh, my God. All right, guys, remakes. I'm going to let you guys uh, start this since this was your idea. Okay, so the big one that we, that Harry and I were initially discussing when we thought of this was, and bear in mind, we haven't played it yet, but was Resident (laughs) Evil 2. Oh, yes. You know, I've tried so hard to get into the Resident Evil games, but I cannot get into, like, the fixed camera. Like, you're playing the whole game, like, through the perspective of a fucking security camera. It's irritating. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's very, like, Marmite. You either love that or you hate that. But But, but they've changed that because on the latest ones, it is over your shoulder, isn't it? It is. Oh, is it? You played the the remake? Yes. Oh, Oh, good. It is good, yeah. Is it terrifying? No. (laughs) <laughs> oh. it's, it's, got, it's got scary moments in it but a lot of it is very similar to the original so you kind of know like, you know, what's you know, you know this tyrant guy's gonna pop out i mean there are bits there are bits that okay. are like 
Like, oh, shit. <laughs> so you're saying, like, even in the remake, like, where certain uh, zombies would pop out, like, all those uh, same triggers are, like, still in place. They didn't mix it up at all? They've mixed it up a bit, yeah, but a lot of the same triggers are in the same place. Like, you go to a certain room and, yeah, there are things that are going to come out from the same place as the original. But there are there are extra elements as well because, like you said, the camera is completely different. So you can, you know, you can actually shift the camera around. Like right. 360. So it's... Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a good remake. Yeah. I played yeah. the Resident Evil One, and the biggest like so that did the, the same thing where it was always the camera angles that was like the security tape type things. But the biggest thing that always hit me with that is that they redesigned the whole game, and so when you kill a zombie, its body stays there instead of like disappearing, and then you can run back through later on in the game when you just have to come through the same part of the mansion, and it will like stand up and it will be like mutated and come after you and it's like really quick and it's like more vicious and it like terrified me when i played that because i was like ah oh, it's dead it's done i'm moving on no no wrong Came back later on. attacked me <laughs> that reminds me of uh the in halo if you guys remember the flood those great big i think they just called them poppers where you had to kill them if they were coming at you but when you kill them they explode into a million other little things that try to come after you and kill you it's like like what do i do here yeah i literally that's when i just put the controls down and accept my fate <laughs> <laughs> you know even if all the triggers were the exact same between the remake and the original and just the camera, you know, over the shoulder was different than the fixed, like, security camera view. It, I mean, it already would lend a whole new perspective to the game. It would still be like playing an entirely new game, I feel. It feels like a new game. Like, if you, yeah, you wouldn't, it would, yeah, it feels like a new game. It would be really hard to play this new version, the remake, and then go back to the old version. You'd be <laughs> telling you. <laughs> Fuck this. Fuck yeah. So, uh, but it's good, I mean... There is this there's this enemy called the tyrant who like terrorizes you throughout the whole game and like in the first game it's pretty much like you can sidestep but he'll probably get you still. Yeah. But in this one it's like I can run around a table for ages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he may catch me or he may not, but it's it's a it's a good it's a good place to start to talk about remix because that is a, it's been good and they they must have made a killing on it because it I think the nostalgia of it as well is what yeah, made it yeah. so popular. Like people oh, love yeah. Yeah, so any remake where you bring it and you know revamping it because it does genuinely look incredible yeah, graphics wise and everything it's a nice um i think the whole thing in the comic shop i work in we got a bunch when this came out we got a bunch of resident evil stuff in to like push it and yeah it just went like they released a resident evil 2 board game which just just went God. as well and it was all the hype around this game really? i think yeah because it didn't disappoint either because i think i mean there's probably some diehard fans like for things like like the way I am for like Marvel and stuff. That's probably some Resident Evil fans who are like, this could be awful, but yeah. I think there's not one person I know that is a fan and what I read and they don't think right, this was, this is worth every penny. Like this yeah. is what I've not come across anyone. I'm excited. Yeah. No, yeah. It, was, it was good. All the way through it was good. I think I have only played through uh, Leon's story though. I haven't played through the other. Right. So that is, again, I would, if I had the time, I'd do that in a heartbeat because that was, it was really good fun the first playthrough. Was there, were there two playthroughs on the original? Yeah, because yeah, you do that. It was two. It was like two discs. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Crime. Two discs of hell. Can you still play as Tofu? No. No. Well, oh. No. That was disappointing. That was the greatest like level of character. You could just play as a piece of Tofu with a knife. No. <laughs> what a character. I saw a really funny mod on like a mod of uh, of this with instead of this tyrant villain, it was Thomas the Tank Engine chasing. Oh, him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was good. like that. That would scare me. 
Because I know it's not on the retro remake theme. I did see a mod where they made the dragon from Skyrim in the opening. Oh, uh, yeah. Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> and it is incredible. <laughs> if you have a spare, like, 10 minutes, get on YouTube, put Macho Man mod for Skyrim, <laughs> and it will change your life. <laughs> yeah, how can you go wrong with that? Jesus. It'd be cool well, the- seeing another like 10 years this game redone again when like oculus or like playstation vr technology is much more prominent and uh you know perfected just the total submersion in that uh, game man talk about a different perspective we were saying that i can't lose i don't know if i was talking to nick about it but someone about like the games game well not off subject but a bit further ahead is like games that we play now that will be remade and like i don't know 10 15 yeah. years time yeah and we're like oh man the original is so much better and we're like you can move around the camera and like you just said oh yeah but this time you can go into the game <laughs> like, oh man we here we were crying about like just security cameras on the first <laughs> person <laughs> happy about a 360 camera and then people are going to the game it's like it doesn't even matter like, can you imagine like yeah. last of us vr oh my god oh my god no Alien Isolation VR, you would never yeah. sleep again. They did like a little sample of Alien Isolation, didn't they, VR, I think? I they, I th- I something like that, or like I they did the, one of the maps so you could VR it or something. I'm done. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Never. Fine. But never no, going in there. Do not want to buy that. Yeah. I, I've tried the VR thing, and I don't know if it's just because it's you know still a young technology, or just because I get motion sick at the slightest uh, movement of anything around me. But yeah, after I played it uh, for a little bit, I was sick as fuck. Like I had the worst headache. I had to go lay down. I like th- thought I was going to throw up. It's a, it's a really weird experience. Like uh, I did some of the Batman. Uh, oh yeah. wow! Okay. That, that was weird as well. I was trying to throw a batarang for ages, and then I was yeah. like, oh my god, I don't know which way I'm facing anymore. Like, yeah. uh, the first one I tested was like, uh, I say tested as if I like, I'm employed. You When I was working on the Star Wars film, yeah, no, <laughs> when I first tried it out, it was a really basic one, but it was uh, like a Star Wars themed one, and you put the headset on, and it was just like you could look around, and I think you were in like a, on a speeder. It was set from like the new Star Wars movie ray yeah uh, and you're on like the speeder and you could sort of look around there was like a wrecked star destroyer and stuff and that was pretty cool you couldn't do anything but yeah. it looked, yeah, cool. it looked... Well, just the experience would be sweet yeah, yeah i think yeah. all it required is like because i didn't i only had like uh, what was it? i think i just had normal headphones in but if you had like a full surround sound and everything it would yeah. be amazing yeah. to, to do because i i tried the archimon it was like the tester one that you could go into like a game store and they'd like let you try it out but it was only like 10 minutes and so I like sort of put it on and I remember the, the, the like tester demo was like you'd stand on top of a gargoyle mm-hmm. nice. and I just remember like putting it on and then was instantly like oh my god I'm on top of a gargoyle yeah. <laughs> it's, it's and it got me thinking though I was like imagine them remaking like Arkham City oh yeah. my god it'd just be like and just so many games it'd be crazy yeah, yeah. all it's the such VR a- induced heart attacks from people jumping yeah. off buildings and shit being sick all over <laughs> <laughs> but in the game in reality <laughs> yeah, imagine all the houses you'd actually break into as well if you yeah. didn't have some means of like staying still and moving you would just be running around like trying to leap over cars but actually jumping through people's houses yeah running through people's- <laughs> kicking children in the face yeah and it's very extreme yeah. like, so, so the game's like casting a new reality over the the actual reality around us so a kid might look like a like an enemy <laughs> I think it's the goons in the game and you're having a massive brawl with the police at that point if i was like if i was playing world of warcraft do you reckon it'd be acceptable to turn out to work as like a wizard if i'm just taking it <laughs> to the reality i, I think it's acceptable anyway 
You should, just, you should just turn up as a wizard. <laughs> we'll say yes, so yeah. you do that. <laughs> yeah, please do that. <laughs> what, were the, what were the other remakes we were going to talk? Oh, we did. We did say Child's Play. We spoke about that. Yeah. Yes, yes. I've I've loved Child's Play since they were coming out. You know, obviously, I was a little young for when the first one came out, but uh, for years, been following them. I have a Chucky doll here in the room with me. I'm a hardcore fan, and I've got mixed feelings about. The, I've I've wanted a reboot of the franchise, but it looks like they're just taking a little too many liberties with it. Like, I love the idea in the original series of, you know, the serial killer Charles Lee Ray using voodoo to put his soul in this doll. And it looks like this new one's just going to be like a defected, like, AI kind of doll. Yes, it scans it. It's like, I saw the, I saw the trailer. I don't think you've seen the trailer, have you? No, I haven't seen the trailer, no. Okay, so what happens in the trailer, Nick? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, yeah, he scans the Chucky doll. He switches on, doesn't he? And it scans, uh, scans yeah. the, basically scans the kid. Right. Ooh. And then he's like, I don't know. I don't know if it knows all the secrets or something. Yeah, it seems like it, <laughs> it's like it's almost because it's connected to Wi Fi. Yeah, yeah. It hacks, it, like, everything, hacks yeah. everything and just knows stuff. Oh so it can, like, t- you know how, like, with, uh, if you have, like, Alexa, you can turn off the lights and things. Yeah. It seems like it can do that. So the doll's got, like, control. Control, yeah. It's like an um, elf on the shelf. That, that's what I got from it. I think that, there are things I like about it. Like, I like... Mark Hamill. I like the fact they're doing another oh, one. Oh, yeah. Mark Hamill, for sure. Hamill, that was what I was going to say. Yeah. That is, like, the big... Uh, that's the big draw of it. I thought the kid in the trailer looked quite good as well. Sometimes I think it's all about casting in these kind of films as well, isn't it? He looks a little old for my taste, like right on the cusp of being a little too old for a doll like this, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Long run. Long run, run, they're all going to die. Yeah. I want to know what um, his motive is going to be. Because, again, you know, with the voodoo thing, you know, he had to get to this kid as quickly as he could to transfer his soul into the kid. It had to be the kid because the kid was the first one that learned he was alive. For some reason, that makes him the one that has to be the soul carrier. But, like, what's this doll's motive other than just, like, maybe there's a hacker, on like an angry hacker on the other side of this doll or something? They might do, like, a similar thing, but just make it more relevant to, like, modern technology. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of I only saw the first, like, trailer. So you only get what it shows you. But then it might still be the case that it's voodoo and it's just yeah. more in tune with modern technology and Could you imagine Wi-Fi and stuff? Voodoo yeah. in modern technology, like voodoo with Wi-Fi. Yeah. It's oh, gets man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow, there's an avenue I've never gone down with thought. That damn, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, literally can just transfer itself yeah. from like house to house. Yeah, yeah. Wi-Fi. Yeah, like fucking phone. Ultron, isn't he? Oh yeah. my god, <laughs> yeah. evil, sort of more sadistic version of Ultron. Like we're just about to start writing our next comic. Yeah, <laughs> put put these down. Who do fi? You'd never oh. that, would you? Well, why do? <laughs> I would read that. I'd read that shit real quick. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've, I'm going to try and keep high hopes for Child's Play. Um, but, you know, the, the original franchise went so off the rails and batshit crazy with itself that... Like, no matter what they do, it's kind of going to be better where they were ending up. You know, they had the whole seed of Chucky, which was god-awful. Like, that, that's got to be the worst film I've ever seen. And, you know, I'm also looking at this franchise through rose-colored glasses because I love him. So to still have such a harsh, harsh hatred for it, I mean, mm. damn, that's, that speaks in volumes. Yeah. But it's been quite a good break now, hasn't it, from the Chucky films? It's not like it was, it's not like this is fresh in our mind. Like, well, I guess it's fresh, fresh in some people's minds, but it's not well, like it was, yeah, they, and they're redoing it. It's, 
there's been two movies come out since that, but they haven't been in the theater. They've just like gone straight to DVD. Like the first one being, uh, what was it? The Curse of Chucky, which wasn't really bad. Uh, that one went back to the original roots where you're kind of looking at it through the victim's eyes instead of, you know, following the dolls around in a horror comedy kind of a movie. And it uh, it was actually pretty good. But then the one after that, it was called called the Cult of Chucky, where he was like able to summon like a whole bunch of good guy dolls to life. It was uh, it, it shit the bed really bad on that movie. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I hadn't even heard about those. I, I, I heard about the second one. I, yeah. I remember hearing about it. I think I read about it. That's when retro remakes go bad. Go bad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I didn't even heard. I don't know if this is still in the works since Disney is just like fucking consuming all these production companies. But there was even a Child's Play TV series in the works. But I haven't heard anything about that in a while. Imagine if that was on Disney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, we've got all the Simpsons, we're going to put Winnie the Pooh back and Child's Play. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in, kids. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's all fun. Yeah, yeah. Child's Play. Yeah. Uh, Just going to put that one under the radar. Yeah. <laughs> okay, how about this one? Going in the same realm of uh, horror, did you guys ever see the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street remake? Oh, yes. oh yeah. yeah I, I don't think I did. I saw the trailers, got really excited, and then didn't ever watch it. Because <laughs> I think the opinion of it was really poor, generally. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys reckon? It was. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds about right, actually. It just has <laughs> a lot of deep try, thought. Trying to think one. how to like. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, on a scale of one to ten, ten being absolutely shocking bad, and naught being it's okay. I've just done that the other way around. Just to, just to spin you. <laughs> voodoo fight. Yeah, yeah. Ten, ten being voodoo fight, and and not being uh, that jockey remake where he resurrects other dolls. Probably, it's probably about. That's one hell of a spectrum. About seven or eight. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was going to say an eight or a nine. Oh, okay, yeah, but, okay. That's, that's decent. I just didn't find it scary in any way. Like I remember watching Nightmare on Elm Street when I was younger, and I remember being like, I I don't want to dream. Mm. Like, yeah. don't dream. <laughs> what happens? Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I just don't want to meet him. Does the new one still do the whole dream thing, or is it more? It, no, it definitely does. It, Freddy Krueger has always been an interesting character to me because, like, in the '80s, you know, in the height of popularity, this this character is marketed to not only uh, you know horror fans but children as well. I mean, there were weren't there like action figures, toys, clothing, and stuff, yeah. and it's like. You're marketing the the dead like demon entity of a serial like killing child molester and then marketing him to children like it's always been a like what the fuck's kind of going on here but as you figure it's show and tell at school right oh no (laughs) but they never focused much on that in the original trilogy you know they kind of just give a brief description from Nancy's mother about what happened and then it's just like on with the slash and you know slash and kill all that kind of stuff but the new one like spent so much time alluding to the backstory and like an origin story right yeah I, I, like showing I that he was like a ga- groundskeeper at a daycare and he had like a hidden room where he was taking kids and it was just i was like ah come on this is a bit much you know you like you, you couldn't find the same i don't know intrigue with the character you know it's, it's robert england or nothing for me i guess it's the new one it was rorschach wasn't it from watching yes yeah, exactly. yes yeah that's it i can't remember actually so another remake sorry another remake that i think's gonna that is a good remake 
and that ties into this. So I can't remember what came first, the remake of Evil Dead or the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. It was Evil Dead first. Evil Dead first. Because yeah. Evil Dead, I loved the remake. Yeah, that was great. Was good. And it was because it didn't really like lean into like having another version of Ash. It wasn't like we're going for like a cult icon. It was more like we're just going to make a horrifying film. Mm-hmm. And it, it was really, really well. I think it worked really well. It was well. pretty horrifying, but it was the goriest thing I've probably ever seen. Yeah, it was seen. so gory. I don't know if I can top it now, but yeah, that was pretty, it was pretty good. The tongue pretty nice. Yeah. I've never seen dust. that one. I need to see that. Oh, check it out. It's, it's, yeah. I got a, really lucky with that. Fun side story. There's a really, yeah, like when it's a tongue bit that me, I, I don't, there's not many, there's not much that can make me like, Look at like close my eyes a little bit. There was a lot in but that. There was quite a lot in that yeah. Evil Dead that made me think. Yeah, there's a whole I, bunch I don't, of scenes. I generally don't want to see that happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's happening. You know when you, you know when you close your eyes, but you keep your eye open a tiny bit, which is pointless because mm. you can still see what's happening. But it's like fucking <laughs> bit more. It won't happen to me. Yeah, <laughs> so. there, it is actually packed with it. it. It doesn't hold back at all. No. You're kind of like where you're kind of wanting it to like suggest something that happens. It actually absolutely yeah, does so. not. It yeah. goes, oh, this is what you're wanting. Yeah. And it goes, we're going to give you that plus five thousand. Yeah, which and, is almost yeah. yeah. That's almost what I wanted Nightmare on Elm Street to be like is to find the horror again, like to really terrify yeah. me, and it it just didn't. didn't. Where, yeah, I remember getting back from the Evil Dead one with my, my uh, brothers and that being like, oh, how was it? And I was like, yeah, that was actually pretty terrifying, like, yeah. disturbing. Yeah, yeah. So, disturbing. yeah, like if you want to. said on a remake thing, it's a good. That's yeah, a, it did really well because the original, we actually rewatched the original in the cinema not long ago. God, yeah. And. Um, it's not aged well. <laughs> it, yeah, it's like it's corny. There's still bits that it's entertaining. Out. Yeah, but it's it's nowhere near as as good a horror film as the remake. I don't think. No, the remake's definitely more of a yeah. horror. The remake is terrifying. But well, then the original has Ash, mm. who is yeah. groovy. groovy. He just show up at the end of the, the uh, no mini spoiler. Um, but not in the film. No, it's just a post credit like little like little nod, which yeah, is nice. Yeah. But I 100% recommend the, the remake of Evil Dead. It's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. That's all I've ever heard about it. I'll need to check it out. I, I really do. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not a long film either, so no. it won't take too much time out of the day. Yeah. Just take yeah. time out of your sleep. Yeah, watch it, watch it in the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. <laughs> all right. Well, here, uh, here are some controversial maybe remakes. Uh, how about anything Michael Bay has laid his fucking fingers on? Uh, Transformers or TMNT? Actually, that's something we were because me, my, my wife and I, we watched Bumblebee yeah. the other day, which does, I guess it's not a remake, but it originally when they were doing it, it was supposed to be a continuation. But then the further they got into production, I think they felt quite good about it. It was like, right, let's just... Mm, let's, just, let's just say it's, have you seen Bumblebee Everyone's I want it. to it looks like it's going to yeah really change the tide of my opinion for those movies it's really, it's really good the first yeah. 10 minutes I mean I like the, tra- the first Michael Bay Transformers yeah I I, like literally that. I think the first the kid, of me, the kid of me liked it but then the adult kid of me loved the first 10 minutes of Bumblebee because it's all on Cybertron yeah, yeah it's the, awesome yeah. Mm. and then as it goes on it doesn't you know, it's not focusing on like Megan Fox and like yeah. more, <laughs> it's like, it's so much. It's more. Uh, it's more. It's, anyway, it's all right to focus yeah. on Megan Fox, but yeah, it's, it's like a um, buddy film. It's like a buddy film, and it's like what Transformers should. Be. It's what I liked about the first one with Sam Witwicky and Bumblebee, yeah. and they've taken that and made a whole film out of it with more of the Cybertron action. Because yeah. you only really got a glimmer of it in the first Transformers, where they have that little. Um, Tiny, where they yeah. fully meet up and they're like, oh, this is why we're here. And they show like a little flashback to Megatron yeah. messing up Cybertron. And they keep all of it, they keep yeah. Megatron and stuff. That's not a spoiler, they just keep Megatron out of it, which is great mm. because he's, again, he's something that should be built towards, but not thrown in. Yeah. And it was, you know, like 
that is, I don't, yeah, it's probably not a remake. It's not a remake. It's a reboot. Yeah, it's kind of like it feels like it fits in with the continuity, but there's points where it is kind of like a refreshing yeah. entry. So, but I think that is yeah. a good start. Yeah, I think yeah. they could remake those films and do really well. But yeah. I think yeah. I'd just do a completely different direction if if I were. Just Michael Bay had it. the smallest part in it from what I hear, which is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Awful. Kicked he, off the project. What did he remake recently? He did something. Uh, did he do Turtles? Was he involved with Turtles? There's talks of uh, the Turtles being rebooted again. I don't know if it's going to be with uh, Michael Bay, but yeah, I, from what I've heard, they're talking about maybe even going back to like the like the rubber suits. No Ooh, way! I can't, I can't <laughs> bring them back. Yeah, do that. Wouldn't that be awesome? It scares me when everyone says going back, but like it genuinely looks better. Yeah, yeah it didn't look better. Like, um, the best, the best Yoda has ever looked in Star Wars is Empire. Yeah, like, absolutely. So I'm kind of like, sure, go ha- for it. Hashtag bring back the rubber. It's so long as they don't have those four. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Yeah, that, I don't know if that, that sounds like a well. different kind of campaign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'd have to totally have Jim Henson's uh, creature shop in on the mix because that third movie, they looked like dog shit. They looked <laughs> so bad. That is, I mean, that is, they. Yeah, because that's that's a remake in itself, isn't it? Like the Michael Bay or whatever he was doing with the new Turtles, which is where they their faces were like yeah. super weird. They look like Koopa Troopers from ironically. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Megafox is in it again. She's everywhere. Um, she's uh, she's voodoo Wi-Fi. Like <laughs> <laughs> everything. She's uh, but that that was that. I remember Teenage Mutant Turtles when I was younger. The first and the second one when it was all about the news and stuff. Quality stuff. The second one hasn't aged with me well. Like, even as a kid, like, I mean, as a kid, I was into it because I was just living and breathing all things turtles. But just how, you know, the first one was dark, you know, they were fighting with their weapons. And the second one, like, in the first five minutes, they're like fighting off trained ninja ninjas with like sausage links and fucking like toys around a toy store. It's like, what the fuck's happening here? The one was like, but it was uh, like more. I think because the first one did quite well, so it was all about like they could. They were throwing things in there for no reason, like advertisements and stuff. And yeah, the first one they marked was you know heavily inspired off of the uh, comic series, and since it was a hit, like you're saying, the second one they uh, did heavily off the cartoon. Yeah, I don't think you ever really see them combat with their actual weapons. They'll draw them and hold them, but when it comes to fighting, you know, like the cartoon, I think it's just more like. I don't know, tipping shit over on the bad guys, or you know what I mean, kicking them, never actually uh, using their weapons or killing anyone. Yeah, yeah, lame. Because it's the best. It's the best <laughs> where Leonardo is like in the bathtub for ages because he's had the absolute crap kicked out of him. Do you know what? I, hands up, I've not seen any of the turtle films. What? what? No, right. legit. you <laughs> turn around and watch that TV now. <laughs> Holy shit! I mean, the first one you have to watch. Are, are do you? Con- well, I would. I was going to ask if you consider yourself a fan at all, like on any level. But if you haven't seen them, I would say no. Well, uh, I've watched the cartoons when I was a kid, but I don't. They they're obviously not got massive credit. They're just entertainment. Well, for the kids. I'm talking about the cartoons as well. Yeah. Since you've been there, oh yeah, because I was scared when I was little of the pizza monsters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've seen things like that. That's out in the world now. <laughs> and I think yeah, yeah, can't cut that. Pretty terrifying. That's, yeah. that's scarier than the Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah. the Peter Man. Um, yeah. But no, I've not, I've, I enjoyed the turtles, and I think they're cool. I'm like, sure, I'm not going to diss turtles. Not live. <laughs> or like, I've not seen the uh, not seen the films. 
I think that's another strong case for, and again, we've talked about it quite a lot, is that it feels like there are people that sit in a room and they think, right, this is how we're going to make a crap load of money from this property. Mm. But they're not being loyal to the material. They just just go nuts for it. Like, yeah. And it's amazing that it can even, you know, get through you know the the series of writing the directing yeah. all the levels of quality check like nobody through that whole process is like mm, maybe you're fucking this up yeah maybe, literally I mean, it feels like every time every time it's in a bad film like someone or a group of people sat down and were like yes this is fucking this great is right. <laughs> well, it goes with right. the that they came up that's been now pushed back through oh yeah sonic yeah there are some people in there i don't know if you saw the sonic trailer yeah i, I did you, and he looked sonic look absolutely mental yeah it was a bit weird kept <laughs> in a costume or he's like CGI I was so confused it's, and it's Jim Carrey to... I was like Jim Carrey that's cool yeah, he's yeah. Dr. Robotnik it's amazing like, yeah. it's probably going to be terrible but fair play to Jim Carrey he's there but then I was like and then the director was like I'm so glad for all the feedback you're right we're going to fix him we're going to make him look more like the computer game we'll push it back a little bit but again <clears> there were people it. in a room that thought let's do Sonic yeah this look good. Someone went to push the button right. on that trailer. Oh my god, this looks yeah. amazing. They're trying to <laughs> Send. get someone. They want to get the lead animator fired. They're like, "Looks great, mate." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad because it is quite hard to make what is a like a an animated character that looks nothing like a real life thing. Yeah. yeah. And try and make it look realistic, and I think that's what they tried to do. And exactly. That's right. exactly right. But you know, when you're already dealing with some subject subject matter like a fucking hedgehog that runs like the Flash and collects rings, like. It's like, why even try to make it look the least bit real? Just fucking roll with it, you know? Yeah. A hedgehog that runs fucking fast like the Flash. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I am going to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Done. <laughs> the other side of the coin as well is that, like, uh, I don't know what Harry's saying as well. Like, it's you can't please everyone. Like, you mm, could, yeah. they could have put the computer game Sonic in and thought, oh, why aren't they pushing the boat out and trying a bit more? Like, mm. you know, there are these conversations going, I think most of the time they get the conversations wrong and they do go the wrong route because they think money, money, money. Yeah. thing is you can do it really right. Like the Detective Pikachu movie, that Pikachu and all the Pokemon in it looks spot on. Yeah. And they've literally, they've not messed with anything. They've just gone, look, let's just smack the Pokemon from the cartoons in the film and Pikachu looks adorable. Yeah. So, yeah. And they need to Mortal Easy Kombat win. as well. And that, yeah, the, the Mortal Kombat reboot, then that is like... That first film, I loved that when I was a kid. I thought Mortal Kombat was amazing. I can see tears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> imagine how well they could do Mortal Kombat now. Like mm-hmm. with the, I remember seeing like, the the, the Goro from the original Mortal Kombat, yeah, and that amazing. was all practical effects, like, like a big animatronic suit, yeah. and that yeah. and it looked awesome. Yeah. So if yeah, they can literally if they carry on that route i think more i think practical effects generally look way yeah. better but certain things cgi has to be in that moral combat but it has to open up with just like the logo and then like mortal combat <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no plot no just constant yeah. fighting yeah. So just going back to what one of you just said you know the practical effects you know by far is, is always the way to go and like uh, there's a standard that i hold all cgi to and it's jurassic park because they did it yes. spot on i mean you can look at movies that use cgi two to three years after jurassic park and they look like they were probably made 10 years before like it's so shitty but what how jurassic park got it right was that, you know again they went as practical as they could like the t-rex that's a huge sure. fucking animatronic puppet they just mm. The CG was used to fill the gaps where your your focus isn't concentrated, like the legs, you know, in the shadows or something, shit like that. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I mean, they, to be fair, that's one of the best points about that new Evil Dead is that that is yes, practical. hugely that's practical cool. effects. I think I, when they uh, the directors now talk about it afterwards, they're like, there's so little CGI. Like it's mm. literally, as like you said, like to fill the little gaps yeah. in between. It's, but all the gory yeah. effects, all the blood, yeah, which makes it it's definitely all, like, more harrowing. Yeah, it as looks well. it, the film is. That's why I think it is so scary and real. Is yeah. because ev- like all of it that you're seeing yeah. did actually happen. Yeah, I mean, it's not yeah. really right. someone gets killed or anything, but it is a real puppet yeah. thing or a real, yeah, yeah. you know, prop or prosthetic uh, limb or whatever. Yeah, and There's it does a, make it so real. There's a scene in Jurassic Park. You know, that's one of my favorite films, and I've seen it time after time after time, so many times. But there's a scene, you know, after the T-Rex comes through the fence and starts messing with the kid's car where Alan Grant jumps out of his vehicle with the flare, you know, to get his attention. And that split scene where the T-Rex turns from the Jeep and Mm. faces him and just screams in his face every single time I watch that, it lands for that very reason. It was real. It was really happening right there and it's terrifying it's absolutely terrifying if they had done that cg it would lose all effect like if you con you know focus your concentration on the the brontosaurus at the very beginning you know that's obviously entirely cg and you can see a big difference i mean that scene still has impact but you can tell this thing is completely computer animated versus that t-rex i don't know it it, it's always lands so much better there is one like slight uh hole in the film though with the with the uh, practical effects is when you know the scene in the kitchen where they're all the the kid and the the two kids are hiding yes i know what you yes yeah the uh the raptors sort of like come into the room and there's if you're in the the, the briefest moment as one of the raptors comes in the, the prop falls forward slightly and if you slow watch the film and slow it down you can see a hand come from behind the door and grab the raptor's tail just okay. to steady it <laughs> oh it's no still- shit yeah, I never noticed it as a kid, and I saw people talking about it, and I was like, nah, I think they're, they're hyping that up. But it is legitimately there, and you can just see, like, just the tiniest, like, snippet of this guy's hand come in to catch the puppet because it was leaning forward. But it doesn't pay off bad in the film because it just looks like the raptor's sort of lurching in a bit. Yeah. But, yeah, there's definitely, like, a little hole where you can you can see some guy's hand. Nice I'm just going to have to go looking for that. That sounds awesome. And that, that Turtles movie, the first one, is full of uh, little moments like that. Like, when they're talking, you can see the actors, like, in the mouth. You can see their mouths. You know, or, like, <laughs> backdrops, like the rooftop scene. You can see, like, the cityscape hanging from a curtain rod <laughs> and you know, shit like that. Oh. It's, like, it's like the room. Yeah. 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 The, just sets made of real places yeah. they could have just shot on it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys did you have any other uh worthwhile remakes to mention before we moved on we had a lot of mentions to be fair but we, I think we talked about the good yeah. ones we, mean, yeah. we said evil dead and resident evil yeah, yeah i think yeah. if we i think if we carry on the list we'll just talk forever right. Right. There there are oh so yeah many. yeah we will talk forever and we're already going on 40 minutes <laughs> It's films. There's a lot. There's a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. I think we've got some good ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was one I. W- I'm kind of glad we don't have time for because you know it, it still might be hot button with people. But the Ghostbuster remake. Holy shit, was that bad? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like I. Well, it wasn't good, was it? No, I love the yeah. cast. The cast were great. Like sure. it's Christian Wake fan. I'm actually really excited to see her as Cheetah. But huge fan of her and the the rest of the cast as well. I thought they were good. But it was just the jokes. I didn't think the jokes were jokes were good. The, the jokes were sorry. Jokes weren't good. The villain yeah. was not good. No, like, yeah. none of it. 
none of it really was good. I got a friend though who like controversially, he massively like shouts about the original Ghostbusters. He loves them, and he saw the new one, and he was like, he was like, I don't know why people are so angry. He's like, it's not. He said, it's not. The, I think people are so angry because it's not the original Ghostbusters. And he was like, it's a completely different spin, and it's more light. But he was yeah. like, I didn't dislike. But it. But then I really like the cartoon, and that's not the original Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's just. It, I think it's new one didn't do it for me. Horses I watched it with my wife, and she didn't like it. I didn't like it. Yeah, it, no, it, it, you know the original does such a good job of walking the fine line between horror and comedy, and the comedy is very subtle. It's not slapstick. It's not punchline. It's just put out there, and if you catch it, you laugh. If not, you know you're still caught in the seriousness of the story. Where this movie just seemed to kind of admit, you know, punchline, fart jokey. Like quite literally, there were fart jokes in the damn movie. Like right. that's just the lowest tier of comedy, in my opinion. Like the second you pull out a fart joke, I'm out. I am fucking done. Was there a literal fart joke? In there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, oh, oh, yeah. yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, so you see that fart joke. Even the mention of it fucking shut the conversation down. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a third film coming. It's fine. We'll be fine. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Redemption is coming. Yeah. Oh wait, there's another, another Ghostbusters. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. There's a like, teaser out for it already. Oh, written and directed by the son of the guy who did the originals. Oh, that'll be cool then. That'd yeah. be surely, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> we, can, we can remain hopeful, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move right on into the comic vault here, and this is a uh, this is a little segment that you guys yourself are responsible for naming. Do you guys recall that? I, I did get told about this. Apparently, it was me. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, it was back in. I looked at this before I uh, uh, got on the phone with you guys. I think it was like episode one sixty five, one sixty six, something like that. So it's been a minute ago. It's been a little while ago. But yeah, the the Comic Vault founders right back here in our presence. All right. So uh, I'm just going to kick this off really quick with my book here. Uh, and if you guys have anything you want to mention, we'll do that afterwards. Cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the book I have is, again, something I found in the basement at my uh, local comic book store, uh, something I'm always saying on the show. Uh, I typically bypass like the five dollars for like three page new comics you see and go digging through the the stuff from like the 90s and the 80s, 70s, if I can find it, because I love that stuff. Absolutely love it. And while I was down there, I found something from 2010, an image comic called 27. That, uh, again, looks like it kind of touches on the uh, like a fictional explanation as to why rock stars always die at 27. And it starts with this this young musician on stage at the Staples Center in L.A. And he's talking about how in such a short time, just touring with his first album and with his band, they're on top of the world. They've, you know, they've got all these fans They're They're on their way to stardom. And in the height of all this, his hand starts messing up on him somehow something's wrong with it they don't exactly say why but it's tensing up any any kind of like playing guitar just is agonizing pain so and you know he's had to quit the band and um he's looking for any route possible to fix this no modern medicine has worked yet and he was kind of told about this guy this really kind of creepy scientist slash doctor who works in this back alley and he goes to see when you look at him he kind of looks like a golem almost just real stringy hair weird shaped head he's he's an odd looking creature but again this guy's desperate (laughs) it's the strangest setup he see the doctor tells him to get in this cage here and this cage is wired to all these other cages that have cats in them (laughs) uh yeah then the guy goes and pulls the lever and um this big explosion happens and all these cats explode and this guy 
comes out of this uh, transformation chamber feeling the same. His hand's the same. He's like, what the hell? You know, you didn't fix anything. The only difference is on his chest is like this steampunk metal uh, like plate thing that has all these knobs that look like would be on the front of an amplifier. And um, he starts kind of messing with them and realizes when he hits a certain frequency, his hand works, but only for like about two or three hours. So himself in. Yeah, exactly. Then after it quits working, he, you know, turns to another frequency and learns that all of a sudden now he's got this crazy ability to sculpt. Like he, like he breaks a window, takes all the glass and makes this crazy, crazy sculpture out of it. But the whole time he's like, what the hell am I doing? How am I doing this? I don't even, I, I can't stop. Like he's tuned into something. Um, one thing I forgot to mention earlier, when the explosion happened, when the lever was pulled, the doctor exploded as well, <laughs> exploded with all the cats. That makes, that's not good. <laughs> no, no, not good at all. But it's, it's an important detail I, I glazed right over. You know, again, after the sculpture, whatever gift that he was inherit, inheriting from that channel faded away. He clicks to a third one, and then all of a sudden the room is filled with ghosts. One of the ghosts being the doctor that did this to him, gave him the power, put him in the cage and everything. He goes, what did you do to me? He goes, um, this was never going to work, was it? He goes, it's typically worked. He goes, this is typically an exchange with a demon who's obsessed with the number nine. He goes, you're the age 27, you know, seven plus two is nine. That's why he wanted your soul. And that's why I had all these cats hooked up to your cage and kind of like I was going to give their nine lives over to this demon in exchange for this gift. It's out there, I know, guys. Bear with me. It's wild. I'm in for it. I like it. Yeah, it's really freaking interesting. But this guy keeps saying, you know, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. And the 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 entity's like, look at Django Reinhardt. His hand melted in a fire, but still played amazing guitar. Les Paul, his arm was destroyed in a car accident. Tony Iommi of Black Sabbath has lost two of his fingertips in steel press and still plays. And then he caps it with... Def Leppard has a drummer with one arm. He goes, this works. This has worked several times in the past. I just, something's not working right with, uh, with your situation. And that's kind of where I'm just going to leave off. I'm, did you have a question? Sound like you were trying to say something. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I just, Def Leppard genuinely has a one arm drummer. Yeah. Yeah. In, uh, yeah, all those facts were true. Uh, in like in Def Leppard's height of fame, uh, he was in a car accident. The car flipped and the seatbelt ripped his left arm off completely. And he's still, yeah, he's still been drumming. They they made a whole new set for him. Uh, I mean, this isn't, isn't in the comic. This is in real life. The, they made a set where he's able to control snare and hi-hat with his feet, and he still has the one arm he can use. But, yeah, he still, to this day, drums with them. Incredible. Yeah, yeah right. look it's it like... up. It's insane. And also, look up this comic, 27. There's so many details to give you, and if I give everything, we'll be here forever. But it's such a cool comic. I'm glad I stumbled across it. And, uh, yeah, check it out. 27. Who who writes and illustrates it? It is by – it's written by Charles Soule, and uh, it's illustrated by Renzo Padesta. Padista? Padesta? I read something about Charles – I've read quite a lot of Charles Soule comics, and he actually – now, like, he said that. He said something about one of the favorite – one of his favorite things that he's written – and he, I think it was the one that you're talking about. Oh, really? He <laughs> mentioned, yeah. One of the things, like, he was asked a question, like, what was, like, one of your, yeah, like, top few comics you've written, and I'm pretty sure that was on his list. 27. So he was talking about the end of Curse Words. 
Right. And he was saying, like, you said that it's coming to an end and stuff. And then he went into this whole thing of questions, and this comment came up, definitely. Wow. Nice. Okay, cool. That uh, makes me even more excited to tag him. Maybe we'll get a response. <laughs> That'd be cool. No, it's a good book. I, I recommend looking it up. It's really cool. If you're into music, if you're into any of that kind of stuff, you're going to dig this. Yeah, it's All right, guys. What about you? You guys have anything you want to mention? Luke, do you want to go? Well, I, I'm pretty sure last time we all spoke, I, I've literally just reread the hardcover version of White Knight at the Sean, Sean Murphy comic. But okay. I think last time I did this, I was reading the single issues. And I was like, what have you read recently? I was like, White Knight. And then literally, I finished reading the hardcover of White Knight. So that's the latest thing I've read. But that is that is still a fantastic comic. I, I can't remember if I spoke about it on here a lot. I, I feel like I, I did. Maybe you did, but even if you if uh, you know, even if you did, that was like what again, 166. That's over 100 episodes ago. I'm sure. I'm sure so, you'll be fine mentioning it again. White Knight is <laughs> Batman. Comic. It is by uh, Sean Gordon Murphy, who's a fantastic artist and now writer, and it is. It is about, um, it's set in a different, it's not in the Batman canon, but he's in the, in this opening bit, basically, Joker's on the loose, Batman's chasing Joker, and they catch up with each other, and Joker basically takes all these pills and says, this is like, this is going to be how I win, basically, and Batman's like, Urgh. and then basically, <laughs> Joker, all the madness gets like, like, uh, put to the back of Joker's head, and he, he basically becomes like more human, and he's this, this, normal guy and he's very very smart and the idea is that he joker has just made he's just been like a mental patient basically and he's not been able to hold all the bad stuff back but when he's thinking clearly he's like very he's very smart and he's well dressed and he's he's calm and his he basically turns gotham against batman saying look look at all the damage batman's done over the years he is he is he is the psycho like he, I, Joker has been the victim, and Batman has been the villain. Batman and his own villain. He owes Gotham millions because the police just let him get away with destroying things. Like he's damaged people, he's hurt people. Blah, blah, blah. All these, so half these prisoners in the prison don't deserve to be in there. It's just because Batman's got them, and you know we put them in there because he's Batman. And bit by bit, as the comic goes on, uh, Joker turns. I can't remember what he's called in it. Jack, Jack Napier. Jack Napier. Yeah, sorry. And uh, Jack turns. Pretty much all of Batman's allies against him, and the whole time you're thinking, Batman is a bit of a dick, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, like without ruining it, it draws out into like a, a big conclusion um, during the comic. But it is, it's probably that along with uh, Tom King's Mr. Miracle. They've been the two, my two favorite things of last year um, that I read, and I like generally i got all the single single issues to the white knight and then i bought the trade paperback and then i just got the hardcover to reread it again even though i could have just gone downstairs and got the single issues but <laughs> it's uh I, I think it's that good like uh, it's such a nice change of pace from just the, the standard batman joker story and um it's really really unique i think to have joker completely step out of the joker madness and be like that focus. Guy, yeah. yeah that guy you didn't you didn't know what was going to happen issues because you just assumed he was you just thought he was just still joker like he was just putting on such a good act but there's yeah there are there are some twists in it and stuff and like so many good like mr freezes in it and he's like one of the best villains ever and uh it's just really it's a really good like ride and each issue i was looking forward to the next one like i was like this is just so good and, yeah uh, now there's a sequel coming out to it, Curse of the White Knight. So I, 
I highly recommend if anyone hasn't written it and they just want to read like a because I guess it's just a standalone. You wouldn't have to read the sequel because it ends on a it ends on a, a note where you wouldn't have to carry on. It's mm. just something a bit different, Batman wise. So that is what I've read and what I love. The illustrations are amazing as well. Yeah, the illustrations are great. Like it's you I, so, it's that universe. I do remember you talking about this book, and I'm just as intrigued now as the first time. Like I totally forgot about it. I want to go look this up because that it, what an interesting take on the Joker that you've never seen him like joining the side of uh, society and pointing them, you know, their hatred toward the Batman. That'd be awesome. Like, you know, he's, he gets like Nightwing on his side, and he mm. gets and there's two Harley Quinns running around like crazy people. It's yeah, it's phenomenal. It's really he doesn't actually. You do you're you're sort of reading it, rooting for him to be. The villain he normally is, but yeah. he keeps proving that he's actually not. He's yeah, like, I'm, yeah. I'm not a villain, and I, you, I started off feeling like kind of like, ah, oh, Joker's gone. But at the same time, like this is probably the most effective any villain has ever been against yeah, Batman, it? and then purely because they're not a villain. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, the fact that it is the Joker is still is like the best dynamic to it. Like Nick had all the singles, and I think I've read everything but the last. No, one. you finished. I read all of them. Yeah, I I, well, I have this habit of reading singles and then being like, right, I'll just get the full novel when it comes out, so I don't read the last part. But I think, yeah, like you said, I probably have read all of them because yeah, they all. they were really really good. So yeah, yeah, yeah fantastic. Wait. Very good. All right. Uh, anybody else have one they want to mention? Yeah. Well, I'm t- normally terrible. Uh, this section, I think, every time it's come to me, I've been like, well. Haven't read much in a minute, but have been looking at this. However, this time, I'll name it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll name it, but I have nothing to, to, to put in. But this time, I do. Um, so I have been reading the uh, Watchmen series, Doomsday Clock. Um, I'm not very far in. Well, actually, how far am I in? You've, you've, Nick's been lending me the issues. I've been reading them as I go. You've got one, I've got issue, one, you've got one issue. I've read. got one to read. You've got nine, not nines in your bag. I saw. Yeah, I okay. wasn't going through your bag. I just saw <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. It just, well, so, yeah you tripped and <laughs> fell in my bag. <laughs> yeah, I was going past the wallet and then uh, after <laughs> so pocketing funny. all of your bank cards, I, I noticed you were reading Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've been reading that. Right, how best to explain this without spoiling anything? It's actually the... I would keep it minimal. Yeah, it is yeah. so easy to spoil. Uh, okay, so considering if you've, <laughs> if you've read The Watchmen, that is where it begins. Yeah? Kind yeah. of safe to say? Okay. Yeah, yeah, this is why it, this, it's an absolute minefield for spoilers. <laughs> so what I've done is I've picked something that I want to talk about and now I've kind of <laughs> locked myself it. talking about it. Just keep it to it. <laughs> okay, it is really really good essentially is what i'm saying but it kind of brings together actually that's not a spoiler it brings together the main dc universe the continuity with the watchman which is all right because i was a massive fan of the watchman films the watchman comic mm-hmm. and obviously like the dc continuity and stuff and i never i wondered why they'd never been putting a thing together like Especially with like uh, cinematically, like Zack Snyder having done Watchmen and then doing the the films, which you know mixed opinion of, of his material. But I was sort of um, through most things. I love. I, I don't know why Watchmen and uh, you know Batman and uh, the Joker and all that weren't all in the same universe. And what this comic series does is do that. Um, so you get the joy of the Watchmen alongside 
the joy of all other things DC. Yeah. So you and you get the. I mean, it's not really a spoiler. We knew it was coming. Rorschach and Batman. That's that's the that dynamic. That right? dynamic happens, that and is it's that it like is amazing. A lot yeah. of people have waiting for as well. Mm. The idea of and, what that means. Yeah, and seeing the rogues gallery of the two yeah. combining, it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to tell you how Rorschach meets Batman because obviously, you know, Rorschach died, didn't he? But yeah, basically, yeah, the story's great. I'm not going to spoil anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've got me intrigued, man. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see a dynamic between Rorschach and Batman. That'd be crazy. Comics, yeah. So from, from, from me, not being very good at reading comics and keeping up with series, even though I've read this incredibly slowly, I have been riveted by it's everything it's, I've read. It's, it's, a slow it's, book. it's uh, yeah, it's a slow book, and it's taken ages yeah, for it like, to get to issue nine. Oh, yeah, I, I feel mean, like I'm really behind, but no, maybe yeah, I'm not. Five monthly. So oh, okay. see, I can't remember issue one came out. Like I, don't know, I was probably like six. I have no idea. <laughs> Time has gone very slow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The art's really nice, but as well, like yeah, Frank's it's very really nice. It continue. It, it slots right on to where it should, like yeah. artistically, story-wise, all the characters in it. Yeah. Uh, do you know when sometimes people carry on as, like Watchmen I did feel at first is like a story which you don't really need to mess with like mm-hmm. I don't you know, like carrying on with it I'm always scared as if they're going to ruin something but right. they have not ruined anything yeah. like, it's it's like the perfect continuation of Watchmen yeah. and the perfect tie-in with the rest of DC so and, far and I've it's read, the yeah. whole DC universe and not just Batman and his universe uh, it's several, several. Yeah, you get you yeah, get a, characters. Get a, it, it, I think Batman is like the key to joining it together. So and he's Flash. yeah, and yeah. Flash. So they're sort of they're yeah. kind of key to it. And Superman as well. Yeah, they're all there. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're all there. They're all there. But I think it eases it in nicely with the whole, like I say, the the Batman Rorschach yeah. dynamic that everyone. I yeah. mean, I definitely yeah. wanted. Yeah, I feel like being two detectives from other yeah, worlds. I feel like it's, it's perfect. Batman and Rorschach, everybody wants it, and then also <laughs> Superman and Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. Oh so my it does. God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't, like I say, what my issue? Nine? Uh, nine, I think, tens yeah. out on Wednesday. Tens out Wednesday. Yeah. 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 So I, I literally got to read nine and then ten, ten on Wednesday. How many, how many are there in the arc? Twelve. Twelve. Okay. There's no, there's no graphic novel version of it yet. Yeah. Is there not? No uh, plans. I think it'll be towards the end of the year. Okay. I'm kind of tempted with it actually to do what I normally do because I quite like doing it is to read up until like the last one and then wait and have the full book and I'll reread through the entire book. Yeah. You're a maniac. Yeah. Crazy. I just like it. <laughs> It with and uh, you know the All Star Batman. Batman. I did it with that. I read um, I read most of the singles to the end. I was like, you know what? I want to read this as a whole. Left the last issue out. I bought the uh, full graphic one. novel, the volume one, yeah. and I haven't read it. Yeah, you, um, you, read, you read everything in the graphic novel up until the yeah, last that's issue. It. <laughs> I still haven't. So that's that's the plan. Like uh, You're just I think building anticipation. Yeah, no, but then I've got it all sat in front of me, and I'm like, okay, here we go. I'll start from the beginning. I'll go page page by page, as you yeah. do when you read a comic. <laughs> And then, yeah, <laughs> it'll blow my mind. Yeah, we'll, go, we'll yeah. do it the same scale, one to ten. <laughs> I don't want to read this from front to back, upside down. Yeah, I don't know, but it's more fun my way. I understand, and it leaves incentive for getting the trade. If you read all of them before then, you might be less likely, likely to get it, and it's still like yeah. a surprise payoff. I'm not a singles guy either for comics, so I don't buy it. Yeah, wait. Sadly, sadly I'm a yeah. single comics guy yeah. and a graphic novel. <laughs> yeah, these guys have, have both all got single issues stacked to the stacked to the roof. Yeah. I like I quite like having just it all at once, like convenience wise. Otherwise, just I feel Nick's. yeah. I basically, <laughs> Nick lends me titles. Yeah. I then buy them in bulk. I buy them as a as a book if I enjoy it. But yeah, um, well, I'm sitting in a room that has comic boxes for walls, so you can know what side of the spectrum I'm on. 
It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Doomsday Clock is definitely phenomenal. Anyone who enjoys any DC or any Watchmen should definitely invest. Yeah. It's it's Very great. Very, okay, nice. so my my turn. Uh, your turn yes, really been deciding what to talk about because there's two, but I'm going to talk about one in detail and then just lightly mention the other here. Maybe mention. Oh, you're mentioning it now. Yes, yeah, so I didn't know if you're going to do it at the end because like then we will definitely no. Start so the lightly that. mentioned one is Gideon Falls, which uh, is by Jeff Lemire and. And Sorrento. Sorrento. That sounds familiar. I've heard of this before. It's an image book. Uh, it's on what issue 12, 13? 13 just 13, came out. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's like a thriller horror, um, which is like the hardest thing to ever describe because it's um, about like sort of like how these two people connect through time and how a black barn is kind of like the, the middle point like the center point of these connecting things so out of context yeah it's really that. bizarre but like <laughs> this is the thing like, describing <laughs> that book to anybody is impossible it's not the easiest it's yeah. Just, yeah i just had to explain 27 so come on yeah yeah, well, that's so, true, yeah. but this is the thing so, this is easy this going is, this is the book that i was like i'm gonna lightly mention and just say it's got an honorable mention but then the book i'm actually going into uh is something called black badge which uh is from uh matt Kine and tyler jenkins and it's uh matt kind i thought you said matt kite i was like that's one of your my mate. mates <laughs> your mate <bro. laughs> uh no matt kind and uh and tyler jenkins and it's like uh it's this story about uh sort of like um uh like a scouts group uh who are called the black badge and uh initially the book presents them as like this scouts group that are kind of doing the usual scouts things like going around like making fires and marshmallows yeah marshmallows that kind of thing uh and at the end you kind of realize that uh they're actually used as like a secret government like kind of group that go in and sort of like because they're a scout group can get over enemy lines so i think the first issue is set in like north korea (laughs) um and it's sort of like them traversing their way through this kind of like country and then they end up at this site and sort of paint a target for the military to bomb um but it's all like a black ops thing hence black badge and then it sort of as it's gone on you get more and more kind of detail of this world and how all the other kind of like scouts groups get involved and they've all got different positions that are linked to in the government and it's a really fun little world but it's also quite uh dark and i think that the thing that I kind of always take away from the, the two things that I really love about it is first of all, the illustrations are like, uh, they're like watercolors. So it's sort of like they pencil it in and then they'll kind of like give a wash over it and it just looks oh, wow. fantastic. Um, but then secondly, the, the story is sort of like, a it's got like a Goonies feel to it, but there's like a real sense of adventure. Like every time you read it, you're like, Oh, I wonder what the black badges are going to do this week. Um, <laughs> but in like a slap your knee. Yeah. But then you just, <laughs> it's quite dark and you're a bit like, Oh my God, that was, that was heavy. Um, but it's from boom, uh, boom studios that put it out. And it's just, it's one of the nicest books I've kind of ever flipped through. The team did another book called grass Kings a couple of years ago. And that, that looked amazing. So that's kind of how I jumped onto this black badge book. But yeah, Black Badge is my main choice, and then Gideon Falls gets an honorable mention. I enjoy the the idea. You said the Black Badge is kind of like a scout group, and, you know, being that what their entity is, that gives them the upper hand to kind of sneak behind enemy lines and stuff. Yeah. Uh, That reminds me of, um, I don't know if any of you guys have read uh, X-23, you know, Laura Kinney, Wolverine's daughter, whole story, but there's a... 
part in there, like when she's still really young, where they're, uh, you know, testing her in the field. And her target is this um, a politician of sorts who's under heavy, heavy guard. And they dress her up like a little crippled girl. They put like crutches on her arms and have her going in there like, please, sir, can I get a picture with you? And, you know, because she's crippled, they're like, sure, one quick picture. They bring her in. And as quick as the flash on the camera goes off, she slit the throats of everybody in the room and is gone. It's it's insane. But that's what made that made me think of. I love that idea. Yeah, it's really, really good. So definitely check it out. I think uh, I think it finishes in July. So I'd imagine the the like paperbacks will be coming out soon but um yeah it's just such a fun book to read and i always get excited when it comes into the comic book shop i'm like oh my god i didn't know this was coming out today all like watercolor with it it just it yeah the tone of it is so good nice yeah yeah so yeah I'm going to check that out, too. Man, this list just keeps getting longer and longer. Shit, I got to check out. I don't, I'm running out of place for comics. <laughs> All right. Very good comic vault right there. And before we move on, there's something I – a few quick things I need to mention I should have done before the comic vault, but I just forgot. Uh, our friends at Adult Swim uh, last week sent us some stuff, uh, one thing being the uh, some Jellies merch. I think it was like a uh, – yeah, it was a big tote bag really strong tote bag i want to thank them for sending that our way but that was to promote season two of the jellies which has already premiered it's uh comes on monday at midnight i think there's four episodes out already and uh, another thing that uh adult swim sent our way was the uh dvd season seven adventure brothers which is coming out june 4th i cannot wait to check this out and tell you guys uh, what to expect from it but yeah if you guys are interested in that again june 4th is the dvd release of season seven adventure brothers and with that behind us, let's turn our full attention over to Nick, Harry, and Luke and talk about Odyssey. Guys, I want to thank you again for being here. I always love catching up with you guys. It's so much fun, and I love the universe you're building. You know, we've talked to other people on the show who have been building universes themselves, but I haven't seen anything quite along, you know, quite as developed, I guess, as what you guys have been putting out. And uh, this Odyssey is going to be the next uh, step in the snow universe, if I'm not mistaken. So if you could first tell our new listeners a little bit about the snow universe and then uh, how Odyssey is going to fit in said universe. Yeah. So the snow universe, uh, is, uh, so there's sort of like a central story, which is called snow, the dawn. And, uh, that'll be a 12 part series that kind of follows, uh, the tagline for, it, I guess, is that it's a superhero story, but it's set against a politically and environmentally ruined England. So that's kind of the world we get to play in. Uh, but, we sort of realized that this world was quite rich. So it was just a little bit more than just a superhero story. And we started expanding it a few years ago, uh, mainly with like crime stories. I've realized mm. we've got a lot of crime. <laughs> uh, if anybody wants to pitch like a romance story to us, please do. Cause yeah. I feel like we're missing it. Yeah. Give us a rom-com. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we sort of started expanding it and then, um, actually, uh, probably like last year is when it kind of took a different, turn where we'd sort of done this graphic novel in 2017 which is called the eventide and then after that a friend of mine uh wrote a, a kind of a two-part one shot a two shot a two, two shot. shot let's call it a two <laughs> um, and uh which is called whistler and uh when he started writing that i sort of realized that i really like the idea that this universe is almost like it's like an open source project so it's kind of to the extent where somebody can come to us and pitch a story or pitch, I don't know, something in that world and they can go do it and we'll kind of just help them out wherever we can. But the idea is theirs and the, the world is theirs to kind of play with. Um, so Whistleblower sort of came out and then 
through that, and this leads pretty well into Odyssey, I realized we didn't have, uh, like we sort of had like the beginning of the universe where there was sort of like uh, global warming had hit and climate change hit, but we didn't have an end point. And so Harry and I kind of constructed the end, the end, which is Odyssey. It is the very end point of the universe. So it will be the full stop in the snow universe. And then everything that happens in between is all these stories that will, will keep creating. Uh, yeah. Keep coming in. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask because your, your press release was uh, very specific with that final point in the snow universe. And I didn't mean if this was just going to close it all, or if we're just, you know, looking at the other end and like you guys are saying, you're going to still be creating material in between. Yeah. So, God, yeah. God. Yeah. Like the, yeah, we still feel like it's a world. There's so many stories you can tell in it. But we sort of just wanted to, before we went full open source with it, where anybody can start pitching ideas mm. or whatever, we were like, okay, this is ultimately where it will go. So this will be the last point in the in the world. Um, but otherwise, yeah. Yeah, I think because on our side, it's a very like slow burning project. Like Nick and I have like, we do like a, the first 12 parts. We're still, like, we're still working. Still haven't finished four. Yeah. yeah. So like it, it's steady. We've done well finding help, yeah. exterior help, Luke and yeah. co. Um, so like, yeah, but I think we did have this thing where we're like, the snow, the dawn is like 12 parts. We know where that ends, but that doesn't actually conclude anything on the scale that other people have been getting involved. So we're yeah. like, just to help with where we know things go and where things can end up, we're like, why not just write the end? Like yeah. like you said, yeah. the, the yeah. full stop to it all. So that um, when if people want to dip in anywhere, they've got, they know where, yeah. you know, they know the full timeline yeah. without yeah. necessarily knowing what goes on. They've got yeah. like how it starts, how it ends. Yeah. And providing like we're, we're down with it. We we just throw their story in where they want it to go, yeah, kind of yeah. thing. We basically we've jumped off and we're letting other people do our work <laughs> <Yeah>. for us. <laughs> but it's it's great to have so many different minds creating a, a universe. Otherwise, the whole universe is going to have all the same feel, right? Yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah. we like we vet it. So like, yeah. if something's outrageous and they start bringing in like. Voodoo Wi-Fi. Voodoo yeah. Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have an episode title. Yeah, yeah, we do, yeah. There we go. Oh. Yeah, so long as you find a place to, to slide that in. Yeah. <laughs> um, for the most part, we're pretty down for whatever yeah, we're, whatever we're, people come up with. Yeah, so long as it like fits in and it's logical, we'll, yeah. we support it. So, yeah, sure. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's cool to, um, I guess, see an end with a blank middle. You know, you I, I guess, have you guys ever watched uh, Breaking Bad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or even with Better Call Saul, you know, those episodes start with clips of what your character's going through in the future without any explanation. And yeah. it doesn't necessarily even get answered in that episode. It's something that's going to get answered through a series of episodes over a series of, you know, a couple years. So it's it's awesome to put that ending to see how, the, you know, the butterfly effect of all these events plays out, but also introduce a whole new set of thought to that space between. I love what you guys are doing. Thanks. 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 Yeah, it, like, it does open opportunity for us. Like if a load of things fall into place, we might see something, hopefully, really clever that we can yeah. do at some point that like ties it all in. Yeah. Um, because it's all chronological and like you say, chapter by chapter, something might happen that we go, ooh, yeah. we can... Yeah, turn this whole thing on its head. head so yeah. we're hoping that does happen. Yeah, but yeah, it's writing as we go. Yeah, generally it's just quite exciting to see everybody's like approach to that world. Mm -hmm. um, like whistleblower is really cool to kind of like see. It was sort of like the first thing that uh, I think Harry and I completely had no real involvement with. Mm -hmm. Like we even tied, we sort of kind of everything like, that was in it. We over we sort yeah of we, saw, we, we sort of saw yeah whistleblower was very much like two people just went and did their thing and then we were like. We looked at it. Yeah, we looked at it again, and we I were like, "I think I oh, saw cool. it when 
I've literally just read the scripts. I haven't yeah. done anything. Yeah. yeah, there was literally um, nothing we did. Yeah. Um, it just sort of existed, and that was a real kind of, like, big thing for us. We were like, oh, that'd be really cool for the rest of the universe to, to do a lot of that, where people can kind of just come in and randomly throw ideas at us. It's really worked, though, because there's, a, there's plenty of things in there which are awesome ideas that we just wouldn't have thought of. Like, yeah, gotcha. And, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, I'm not even like ashamed to admit it. Like people have sometimes have better ideas than you. Yeah, gotcha. And some of the stuff in in Whistleblower, like we'd sat down and read through the script, and we were yeah. like, "That's actually genius." Yeah, there's like loads of things. They've yeah. basically <laughs> taken a few elements from what we would what we were doing, and it's evolved beyond yeah. what we'd actually yeah, have yeah. conceived because we've got our head tied down on other things. So yeah, yeah it's it's a good yeah a good platform. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's a good little thing to have kind of in the world. I think. Mm. Yeah. So now you're you guys all being together in the same place for the first time now. Now is this uh, yeah. part of this Odyssey uh, project you guys are working on, or is this just strictly for pleasure? Just you guys getting to hang out for the first time? Pretty yeah, much we, hang out. Yeah, it's pretty much we're pretty close. Pretty much hanging out, but also we did get to finish a few things, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. we worked on some yeah. stuff when we got here. It's much yeah. easier to do it in person, obviously. So yeah. it's nice yeah. that these guys flew over to come and see me. But it's uh, yeah, it's like finishing up a few loose ends i guess on the yeah I, but I mean you went through the script a lot the yeah, other night. yeah 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 and the script touches and stuff and i finalized a few bits on the front yeah anything. so yeah bits, yeah bits and bobs but mainly mainly to yeah mainly chilling out hanging out yeah. talking about comics getting sunburned yeah getting sunburned yeah. <laughs> well that's awesome though you guys uh, do get to have that time together it'd be it's interesting to work with uh, somebody you never see we we have another show we do with uh, a guy out in california and though you know we've talked to him several several times through the, this show and through the other we've never met face to face so i look forward to that day you know just i don't know it'd be a whole new experience be like meeting the same person again right it's already met and you don't yeah. know yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> So, again, this is coming out in October uh, this year. Uh, where are people going to be able to get their hands on this? Is this going to be uh, only digital or in stores as well? Uh, so, uh, I think it's both. From Yeah, from <laughs> uncertain. From, yeah, because we're with Black Spot Comics, um, and the way that they released their books was uh, they did a print run, which was, I think, mainly available through Etsy and a bunch of comic shops in the UK. Uh, and then... I know that the Etsy was obviously available like international, so that's kind of like worldwide. Uh, and then, yeah, I think it goes on Comixology as well, so it'll be digital as well. But um, but yeah, it should all sort of launch around the October kind of like window. Prints definitely October because it's for when we're over in Norway for the Comic Con. Uh, and then yeah, I, I hope digital's around the same time, but there could be a little month delay on digital normally is. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So yeah, so it'll be both. Gotcha. Gotcha. You're, you're going to have to let uh, let me know when you guys are about to uh, launch this. You know, G- give me about a month's notice. We can get you back on the show to promote the release, too, if you'd like. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, Nick and Harry will be over here again at the, the Comic-Con, Comic-Con yeah. in Norway. So that's the beginning of October. Yeah. So, we'll call that some good damn timing, if you ask me. Yeah. 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 All yeah. right. Well, we'll have to put that in the schedule and uh, definitely do that. But uh, yeah, I'll be linking uh, people over to your guys. Uh, should it just be Black Spot Comics now, or do you guys still have your own uh, domain to go to? Yeah, I mean, like we still got our handles. we still got the snow uh, page, but yeah, our, our bits. But Black yeah, Spot's Black Spot's the that's convenient like, one, yeah, I guess. They're our publisher. There. So, and what exactly is the URL again for the snow page? Uh, so the snow website is snowtheuniverse.wordpress.com. There it is, and uh, the. Uh, I think Black Spot's Instagram is Black Spot Comics. 
things like that. Yes. That's bad. Sure. We at, don't at know. Black <laughs> yeah, that They're it up. is. Black Spot Comics. I do have that written down. It'll come up. Yeah. It literally says the logo is just Black Spot Comics with a <laughs> black spot as the O. Yeah. Um, Very it's, smart uh, bastards. Yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> Very to the point. Yeah. Well, very good. Very good. I just want to know where I can uh, be directing people and who to tag in uh, all these posts. So, guys, I want to thank you again so much for being here and looking forward to you coming back. Marvelous. Cheers. Thank you. And I want to encourage our listeners to go to CandarePodcast.com to check out uh, more details on this episode, past episodes. You can check out our special guest wall and uh, see some of our YouTube videos on there. Also, find us on Twitter at CandarePod and on Instagram at Cand underscore Air. And one more time, if you like what we're doing, want to throw some money our way, have, head over to patreon.com forward slash CandairPod. And for $5 a month, you get access to our Candair Patreon pod. Again, about 20 episodes up there for you. So I, I'd call that worth $5, right? Come on. Also, if you're in the Columbus area, June 1st, head over to the Korg Gaming Convention in Hilliard, Ohio. Uh, your boys here at Candair are going to have a table, meeting people, shaking hands, kissing babies. And if you come up to the table and say, I'm part of the Candair Nation, uh, we might just have something special for you. So we look forward to seeing you there. And uh, you might have heard me mention in the show earlier, my other podcast, our other podcast, What If. Uh, go to whatifpod.com. You can check it out there. It's just a show where we look at, we take a single twist on reality, like what if people could fly or what if Bigfoot had actually been discovered. And then we talk for about 45 minutes of the ramifications of that on the world. It's been a lot of fun so far. And again, uh, you can go to what if pod to check that out. Or you can just, in your podcast player of choice, search Candair Productions and both Candair and What If should come up. But I think that about does it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. Nick Gage. Howard Hughes. Luke Bans. Thanks for listening, everyone. you come over here and spray paint your name on the wall but i don't wanna what are you chicken hold on there boys wow it's flint instead of writing your name write candairpodcast.com and help spread the word well that's a great idea now we know and knowing is half the battle gi Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah, right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. 
You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.